Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are watching Off the Track, and it is time to drop the hammer. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to episode number 13 of Off the Track, a dirt track racing podcast where we like to talk about our experiences in the sport and interview guests to get their awesome take on what's going on. Uh, welcome back to another Wednesday. I'm your host, Tanner Holmes, and to my left, I have my best friend and co-host, Bennett Gooch. Bennett, we had a pretty exciting weekend. Yeah, we did. Um, another classic trip. Uh, I was on the side of the road. You guys picked us up Thursday, and then we went down to Ocean and then Hanford. And uh, two new tracks that both of us for the first time went to. And I think they're pretty cool. Yeah, this is going to be a great episode. And I think a perfect example of why we started the podcast. We've kind of talked about that in some of these early episodes. You know, a chance for us to really expand and only two nights of racing. For example, we did a whole episode on Arizona when we ran the 410. And there was so much to talk about because that was four nights of action. Plus traveling down there took a day, coming back took a day. And this was a little bit of a quicker trip. But man, so much happened. And I can't wait to uh, really jump into that in today's episode. Like he said, Friday at Ocean Speedway with the 360 sprint car and Saturday uh, with the King of Thunder 410 sprints yep. with the 410 and obviously. Before we get into that though, we wanted to talk about a couple new additions to the studio. The first one is actually our good friend who we met in Arizona named Damien. Damien um, races carts, I believe, outlaw carts. Yeah, he has a 250. Yeah, he has a 250. He's uh, from Colorado, and they came down to Arizona to watch us at the Wild Wing shootout. Well, he made a nice little banner uh, for our yep. off-the-track studio, and he uh, you know, made sure to put his name on there. He was one that created it, but did a great job, nailed the logo, and um, also put... Uh, you know, welcome to the podcast Off the Track with Tanner Holmes and Bennett Gooch. Where I'm looking is um, where we have it hanging up in the studio right when you walk in. So that was cool. Do you want to yep. talk about our second edition that we just added? Yeah, something that's super cool about that too, uh, just a quick mention, is you guys don't see the banner behind us right here. But that's okay because this is now our studio. So when we want to make content in here, we're going to keep adding memorabilia all across the walls. Like we have pictures on the other side of the, the studio. And uh, I think as we add stuff, uh, it might not necessarily be in the shot, but it's just super cool to keep adding it to our studio. And I think that's a, a segue to also mention like... For example, the next yeah. thing you're going to talk about, if you guys have something cool that you want us to yeah. add in here and we'll give you a shout out, talk about it in one of our podcast episodes, definitely uh, send it to us. I'll yep. link my PO box or where to send stuff in the description down below because we're always looking for cool things. Like in Arizona, we mentioned another fan had gave us a Steve Kinzer yep. a front nose wing from a sprint car and we got that in here and we're working on getting a spot for it as we still kind of continue yeah. to move stuff around and get this into a complete studio. But you want to talk about the second thing? Yeah, so Ian from the Bench Racing Podcast, and I had gone on his podcast, and you have as well, I had right? been on his podcast as well. Uh, he sent me, as you can see over here behind me, um, this truck and trailer die cast that are like, I think they're 164 scale, and they look like my actual rig. So it's a Ford Dually with our Featherlight trailer, and then behind it, uh, we have a red speed tainer, like where my dwarf car is, my race shop called the speed tainer. So that's super cool. And one thing that's unique about that is it's not just like a hey, thanks for coming on. It's kind of like a personal thing, like, hey, thank you. And then you go put some detail into it. Like he put my number on the trailer and just down to the T, super unique, on point. I thought super cool. So big shout out to Ian. That was really cool. Yeah, that was a nice gift. He sent both Bennett and I something. So that was cool to open it up and a, a good gift for just going on his podcast. And definitely make sure to check it out, the Bench Racing Podcast. The third one, something simple. You actually uh, purchased it, right? When we yep. were down in uh, Tulare. Yep. We have a Rico Abreu die cast that you got from the Shop Rico uh, merchandise yeah. trailer. So uh, like we've said a couple times, we're just kind of trying to add uh, to the studio mm -hmm. as we uh, continue to do these episodes and it's going to be fun to kind of just see what it ends up looking like you know down yep. the road as we um continue to do this so uh now moving into just a couple things to mention before we kind of get into recapping friday and saturday we had a lot go on in the racing world yep. um on the dirt side of things one of the main we uh, main ones watching the outlaws this weekend you know we were trying to tune in even though we were racing uh it's fun to follow along on just uh you know social media and see what everyone's up to james mcfadden won at kokomo and carson macedo won at hobstot yep. and two crazy racetracks you know us racing at a bullring this uh weekend at ocean it was kind of nuts to watch you know kokomo a place where non-wing is super popular and yeah. then also hobstad a place where non-wings popular and see them put on some pretty phenomenal wing racing yeah absolutely and then kind of on the more midget and uh i guess you say micro uh platform they raced uh, t-town midget showdown and two people we know buddy kofoid came from the red bluff outlaws had won the prelim night right yeah and then 
Tanner Thorson, which came from the same stomping grounds, won the finale night, and then uh, Days and Persley won the micro event portion of it. But uh, the T-Town Midget Showdown, very small track, super small. Yeah, Port and I thought, City. Yeah, Port City is a really small track, and I thought the racing was kind of decent. It was kind of one lane around the bottom, but, uh, you know, it just follows along with that bullring style. Yeah, and I know quite a few people that watch the podcast and just the videos. I always get a lot of comments about Port City because it seems like it's fairly popular in mm -hmm. the micro world, and a bunch of people always say I should make a trip there. And maybe if we're ever in the area, you know, I'd love to maybe turn some laps in someone's micro, but, man, a place that small. You guys know, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of small tracks. Right. I can only imagine running a midget around there because it, it's such – tight so racing tiny. the slide jobs are close it, it just all around it's, yeah. it's it's different i think the micros are really cool it was fun to watch the micro show because you can really get going around the top and then if you just roll the bottom and get that rocket launch off the bottom and the grip is super cool yeah a lot of people also kind of talk about maybe that's like you think okay outlaw carts they're big places red bluff like port city yeah. is that for micro so that's yeah. uh, something maybe some of the micro people watching can kind of you know let us know if, the, if that's kind of how it is in the micro world but uh, nonetheless it was awesome to see some racing action from that part of the United States. Let's just uh, jump right now yeah. into kind of recapping our weekend. Night number one, Ocean Speedway in Watsonville, California. One of the cool parts about us heading down there was your family and my family have some, I guess you could say, history in yep. the area. My mom is um, from Monterey, which is yep. very close to Watsonville. So we had family come there and watch the races on Friday and actually had some family travel south to Hanford on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of nice to be back in that area. I've made a couple of trips down there, like I said, to see family. And it's just, uh, I, I said it in my vlog, I think it'd be a beautiful place to live. We're seven miles from the ocean. Yeah. The hillside, just everything about it was uh, pretty neat. Yeah, my mom is from Gilroy, which is pretty close down there too. And for her 50th birthday, we went skydiving. So like I said, I've only seen the facility from the sky. How many feet up? I don't even know. And then we've got some pretty close family friends that are from Morgan Hill, which is kind of just up the road. But uh, I thought the ocean, like you like you said, it's super green. And that's something uh, kind of Oregon-ish, California. Yeah. The infields are always dirt, and they're not really like uh, – you know, alive, I guess you could say. Whereas that was super clean cut grass, which is super yes. pretty. It, yeah. It kind of reminded me of like, sometimes you see over in Australia or New Zealand, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. have the grass on the infield. Yeah. I did like that. That was a nice touch, like in photos. Um, that's just a nice detail that you notice. But as far as we got there uh, Thursday night, so we left Thursday evening here from Southern Oregon. It was about seven or seven and a half, eight hours. Uh, my dad's a trucker, which we're going to get dad on the podcast soon because he needs to talk about some of his trucking stories. Oh my. But uh, he drove down. He loves driving the rig. He says one day if we ever make it big, he just wants that to be his job. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so drive down there. Got there about, you know, maybe mid Actually, that's the midnight. earliest we've ever gone down. Yeah, or got there at least to our yeah, destination. Usually, it was like midnight. Usually when we're pulling into a racetrack, it's like 2, 3 in the morning. But yeah. this time we only got there at midnight. And uh, we actually, the front gate was open. So we just yep. pulled right in. We found a parking spot. Uh, we tried to position ourselves by the staging lane. So, yep. you know, maybe... You know, first come, first serve. We were the only one there. I think there was only two or three other trailers yep. uh, in the pit area. But we got there. The next morning we woke up. We ended up having to move because we were parked in someone's Res spot. Yep. And uh, I guess how Ocean does it, like they don't even actually allow people in. We just happened to get there the night yeah. before. But anyway, we uh, got situated. Walking up to the racetrack, what was kind of your first thoughts? I know what my first thoughts were. But um, just looking at the Ocean Speedway kind of compared to we've never been there before. Yeah watching on flow racing and seeing all the races that have happened this year than actually seeing it in person. Yeah. Like you say, uh, I've really only seen a lot of tracks on flow racing, uh, cause we watch flow quite often. And my first thoughts on it is super wide. And then when we got there, I was like, Ooh, I didn't know it's actually like, I didn't think it was banked as much as it was actually from flow. So it was actually decently banked from what you see on TV, uh, but still pretty flat, you know? And then uh, is, like I said, a clean facility. The track-wise, like you mentioned, I think you can talk about this a little bit. Uh, they have a man-made curb, and I've never seen that before. It's usually, you know, yeah, uh, like the track is ready to go, and there's not like any dirt on the outside that's like kind of built up. There's like a foot of marbles built up for a man-made curb, I guess. Uh, I thought the track was pretty cool once I saw it. Um, clean facility, like we said in our videos. Yeah, walking up to the racetrack for the first time, to me, it... It was, it's weird. So when I first saw it walking up to it, it looked bigger than maybe on videos. Yeah. But then once you get out there, you do realize how small it is in yeah. that bullring aspect. The man-made curb was interesting because you don't see other tracks do that, but I kind of see what Ocean's trying to do. So Bennett said it was flat. It was fairly flat with a little bit of banking and like 
both corners are different. Mm-hmm. One and two was flatter than three and four. I, I think that's how it was. And and well, one and, or three and four, you dip down, right? Yeah, it, it's kind of it. it's kind of weird. And like three and four was actually almost narrower, I guess, this week. I was talking to Justin Sanders. I guess you could say a legend of Ocean wins yeah. all these races there. And he was talking about how the track did look a little bit different this week. Never being there before, we just saw it for the first time. But they had the man-made curb. And I guess part of their uh, idea behind that is to try to keep some of the dirt in the racetrack and yeah. have like this is where the top of the track is. You don't go higher than this yeah. because uh, they're also after that dirt, it's not like cottage Grove where it like kind of flattens off yeah. or goes back down. It, it kind of is just like the same almost. It's weird. And that's the smallest second smallest track is banks smaller. Yeah. Banks is definitely smaller, but it, yeah. it races different. So ocean, like I said, got out there and I w- I'm not going to the curb bit you in qualifying the, or hot laps. Yeah. The I cur- have it. I got it on yeah, video. Yeah, The you curb did get me, but rolling out there in mud pack, I like I, as a driver, you never want to be negative. And right. obviously in the vlog, like you're, I, I try not to talk about certain things like that because I don't want to make you guys not feel like I'm not confident, yeah. you know, but here on the podcast, we talk about little things. I rolled out at ocean. And I was like, this might be a disaster of a night. The only reason I thought that was like, Man, when I rolled out, it felt like I was at Creek County. Now, Creek County is a racetrack we ran in Oklahoma uh, during ASCS Speed Week, and that place was so small. Like, I just remember how it raced, and it was hooked up that night when we were there at Creek, and I'm like, man, Ocean has kind of been hit or miss this year. If it's hooked up tonight, this could be a disaster because that's like two combinations of things that I kind of struggle at, smaller racetracks and hooked up racetracks. And so... We got out there and I realized as we were rolling around a mud pack, you know, you can feel it when a car rolls up next to you and then you see, okay, it actually is narrow here. It's a little bit wider here. So we go out there for hot laps, kind of figure out, uh, you know, where your lifting points are. And that's the toughest thing about going to a new track is like, how hard can I drive it in, especially at a small track, usually Mm -hmm. a big track. If there's banking, you can just sail it off in there wide open and you can just figure out how to keep the car straight. But going to a small track like Ocean, I've never really had to do this before. You yeah. turn into the corner, but you actually have to like really put some really flick it in, kind of. Yeah, put some flick into it, like a limited, because you you have power, but how the corners are, you actually have to drive it in really hard, mm-hmm. and it's almost like is my, is my car gonna make it through the corner? Yeah, it, it's weird. And then also on top of that, we had to run those um, the Flowmaster mufflers, the big the big ones, the, the ones that don't look very cool on your car, <laughs> but those are so quiet, like. It's weird. It like I thought people were joking, but you kind of can't hear the engine. Like it throws you off at first. Yeah. Like knowing is my engine running correctly? Am I yeah. wide open? Like it's it's different. That's so. actually a unique point that you just brought up right there. Because I've been on iRacing, and it might sound dumb because it's iRacing, but if sometimes my settings will get messed up and I don't hear my motor like last minute and I can't change it for the race. It, is that kind of weird in real it's life? This, it's the same thing. It's almost the, I, I, that's, that's such a great point. It felt like the same thing. It took all night for me to get used to, not necessarily that like affected my performance, but you're so used to rolling out there. And also like I've ran in Montana where we sometimes just ran no mufflers at all. Yeah. So it's louder than loud and you can really know what's going on versus that. It's like, it, it's, it's incredible. And then when those things also like backfire and pop, that's when it scares you because you can't hear anything really. Then and then, it. then yeah. it gets loud. That's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this happen. Have you ever rolled out in the car or even sprint car and your dang headphone falls out of your ear? So yes, you have oh one, my, yeah, <laughs> it's the worst. You're hearing the motor buzz loud because yeah. your earphones out. And then this one's all silent. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. I have to be here the whole race. But um, like you're saying, that's that's kind of weird. And it was quiet from the infield. Yeah, sure. it, it was. it's much quieter, and I get why they have to do that. So we, we do what we can do to race. I'm, I'm all for that. It's just, like I said, they're just kind of ugly looking. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, we go out for hot laps, kind of figure things out. Felt all right. I think we were 10th quick. We went out later. So that's yeah. kind of why we were maybe a little higher up than, you know, maybe if we were lower. Yeah. Go out for qualifying. Can now, I- so hold on. This is something I want to bring up real quick. Good buddy of ours, Kyler Shaw. We had him on the show, yes, right? Yes, yep, yep. Kyler and multiple people told you this. Uh, qualifying's on the top, right? Yeah, the, Kyler Shaw, yeah. On the show, <laughs> he literally said before, because he was there at Ocean, he said, no matter what, qualifying is usually on the top here. Like, yeah. no matter what, we're, you're always going to be ripping the top. Well, this one week, it was not on the top. It was yeah. like, well, I mean, it was about as high as you could go in one and two. So his advice was correct there. Yeah. But three and four, it built such a bottom. curb that the middle came in late. And actually that was way faster because the curb built up so much. People were hitting it, biking up, almost tipping over. Yeah. I did that. I looked like a rookie in qualifying because I just couldn't. I was trying to get in it on entry and turn down to turn catch down, grip, yeah, yeah, but I what was it. happening, I was getting into it and then I was slowing down and I couldn't get off of it. And I was getting, I was just losing so much time in the yeah. transition between getting off the curb 
And um, I, as I should have, it was a, a rookie mistake or however you want to put it. After trying it a couple times and getting all the opportunities I could, I should have just moved down and at least tried that once. So you know that yeah. for future. And I think one thing we did skip over too, Bennett was in the infield. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bennett, you got to shoot a lot from there. What was that perspective like at Ocean? Uh, you got you were standing in a little uh, tower. A tower, I guess yep. you could say. But you were there for hot laps, qualifying, and heat races. Yeah, I thought um, based on the, all the other infield tracks I've been to, I think the closest I've ever been to a car was definitely Arizona Speedway just because they were like, hey, you can stand on the track if you yeah. want. But this one, you had to stand up in these towers. And uh, like I said, when I say the inside, the infield was clean, cut grass, super nice. The tower was cool. And uh, it's kind of unique being up on a platform looking down at the cars because most of the time you're on the ground or yeah, you're kind of like maybe you're up on a tractor same, tire, yeah. you know. But uh, being up and looking down, I think the pictures may have looked a little bit different from like other pictures I've taken because you know, you're kind of head on with the car Yeah. or if it's a bank track, the car's way up here and you're down here, but here you're actually level, if not taller than the car. And I think the pictures turned out decent. I think they turned out really good. And it was awesome to have you in the infield. And one thing we also learned, I guess Bennett was telling me in qualifying to move down because yeah. you know, he had a different viewpoint when you're in the car, you're kind of focused new track. I'm yeah. just thinking how with my inexperience at running a curb, yeah. how can I go in there, you know, run the curb, use the right throttle control and brake combo and turn off and turn the fastest lap. So I'm totally focused in race mode and like everything else is zoned out when I could have easily just looked at Bennett and he would, he was telling me to run the middle. Well, it was, we had a bunch of people actually down there that were good buddies with that race too. So as a sessions, cause you went out decently late, right? Yeah. Towards the back. When the first sessions were going out, I was watching, uh, some of the people we know, like Justin's really fast down there. The Carrick's are really fast down there. Uh, is just watching, you know, where they ran watching their times because they have a sweet timing board with the top five, I think, yeah. scored. And uh, I would notice, like, people that run low, they would definitely hit the top five. Only and a couple people were doing it, though. Right, and then the middle to top, everyone was running, and then no one would really break into the top five. And then Tanner comes out, and I was like, thinking back to what they said, he's going to run the top, and sure enough, you did. And I was like, dude, yeah. if you, if you would have saw me, I, I I don't know if you can give signals or not. I guess yeah, it might you, be kind of cheating. Totally can, totally can. Okay, well, the next time, I'm just going to be like, yeah, get down <laughs> to the bottom. But uh, no, I saw that, and it's it's kind of cool watching uh, infield uh, from the, from the infield, and then watching qualifying for sure. Because then you just I don't know something about qualifying and sprint cars. I love watching. Yeah, it's just because we're so uh, so hammered down. But yeah. we ended up qualifying like thirty second, way deep. Uh, we started eighth in the heat race, got up to fifth. Made some more mistakes in the heat race, but felt better. And the track finally started to get kind of racy, but it's, only, it's only, pretty gripped up still. Only because we were in the last heat. The first couple yeah. of heats were just single file around the bottom. Yeah. The last heat, it started to move up a little bit. So I will give Ocean props there. But with their format, since I qualified so bad, it went back to time. So like all the people that didn't transfer um, through the heat races, you know, the fastest guy in qualifying out of them was on the pole and then so on back. So I started 15th in the B. How many transfer out of heats there? Uh, four. Four. And that's kind of unique because usually other sprint car drags are six, right? It just depends really on, on the format. series. Yeah, it just yeah. depends on the series and format. But yeah, four guys transferred out when there was like nine car heat races. Yeah. So that means, you know, half the guys are going to be going to a lower main. And I started 15th in the B. I'm going to have that GoPro posted because that didn't really get included in the vlog because of timing. But man, that was a, a, that was pretty, a, fun a pretty cool B main. We passed a lot of cars. And I think guys that we were faster than, we just didn't lay down a better qualifying lap then. Yeah. And we were able to kind of outrace them, put ourselves in a good spot. Moving on though, from the B to the A, the A was kind of a disaster. The track uh, wasn't really as racy as it was in the B. The B was probably the best it was all night. I would say yeah. three and four was always around the bottom. One and two was racy uh, between both, and actually even the middle wasn't too bad. Yeah. But the A, it laid rubber. We were stuck in the back. I, I watched the video, and I saw a bunch of things I could have done better, but it's just tough. On these bull rings, one, it's hard to see because there's so many cars clogged up in front of you. Yeah. Two, uh, especially you know when dust and dirt is getting uh, flown around, you just I just got to work on being a little bit bolder and just yeah. you kind of have to try to make things happen. But at the same time, on a small track, in a way, it's good to be conservative because it's so easy to bang wheels or have someone make a mistake. Not even you. You could do yeah. everything right and you could get caught up in an uh, uh, instant. Uh, one instant. thing I was gonna say is <laughs> this is one of the first times I think we've watched from the new trailer from the top of the trailer at yeah. a track you can watch from there. Uh, the track it was weird. The track went top was fastest lane. And then it went back. It went bottom on the start to top was the fastest, and then back to bottom when yeah, the rubber as, came as the in. rubber started to work its way back down. And then something with a short track. I think it was Kyler or Ricky, one of the two, told me that was watching with me. They're like, "This is one thing you need to work on on a short track. 
Tanner's a really clean racer, but you got to start chopping people. Yeah. You just got to start working on chopping them. And that's just kind of what you got to do if you're going to get to the bottom because uh, sometimes you would, you know, you would play nice and they would get past you. But yeah. a small bullring like that, you just got to yeah. chop them. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on being more aggressive. And I think uh, some, you know, some drivers are just better at it than others. And yeah. especially racing in California, a lot of yeah. those guys, sometimes they just, they don't care if you're there or not. So right. uh, yeah, for sure. That's something on the bullrings. You have to be so aggressive and there's definitely an art to it. But anyway, that kind of wraps up Ocean. Uh, our thoughts on it, man. I, I well, one thing uh, we DNF'd. Do yeah, you want to explain oh, what happened? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I should. So uh, yeah, in the uh, A main event, we were probably twenty four laps in, I think it was, and um, the bolts actually that hold the torque tube into the rear end, uh, they actually got stretched from a little bit of contact that was made in the B, mm -hmm. and with just the heat of the moment, our quick turnaround. Uh, between the B and the A, we didn't think about it because it, it was, I mean, it, it doesn't look super slight in the video, but it was yeah. kind of just like a, a bump, yeah. you know, just a typical bull ring, nerf bar to nerf bar, we bounce off each other. And it actually stretched a couple of the bolts and they ended up breaking off. And then that disconnected mm -hmm. the torque tube um, from the rear end. So the car popped out of gear. So that was unfortunate, but at the same time, maybe in a way, I guess you could say, uh, you know, we didn't burn up the tires more than they needed to because at that right. point it was so rubber down. No one's passing anyone. Yep. And that was just, um, that's how it was. So the Ocean Speedway though, I would like to go back there again to just give it another shot. But like I've mentioned many times, that's just not necessarily my favorite style. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's tough to race on, especially when the track doesn't get super racy like it did that night. And then, you know, like the, the position we're in, we make a mistake in qualifying and your night's pretty much over. Yeah, I think my takeaways from Ocean was next time bring a jacket because it was freezing when I was done with the heat races. <laughs> and uh, I really want to actually get to Ocean myself in the dwarf car. I think Ocean would provide for great racing in the dwarf car series. Yeah. And I think there may be some pretty good shows that happen throughout the year down there. So uh, I think it was fun. And if we go back with the sprint car, that'd be cool too. Um, I like the facility and I think it'd be you know, cool yeah, and I think a, another thing that I always talk about racetracks, a lot of tracks have so much potential, like Ocean does. We've seen a lot of cool races there yeah. before, uh, just through highlight reels, but this year, first night was hammer down and rough, and the last two nights have been rubber down, so yeah. I don't I don't know. It just hasn't really been there, and I don't know if, you know, I know they're going to try and turn it around, but uh, as far as, you know, our first experience, it was just so up and down and just yeah. trying to get used to the racetrack, but I'm sure one day we will be back at the Ocean Speedway. I'm not sure how much it really lines up for our schedule this season, but we're hoping to get back down to California to gain more experience. So now moving on to the topic of Hanford on Saturday, dropping the 410 and getting to race with some of the best California competition or co competition that California has to offer. Um, Ocean, actually, I will say on Saturday, there was a lot of good cars. There was yeah. like 36 sprint cars, which um, for weekly competition, I mean, that's that's really, really good. I don't know a lot of other places in the in the country that really have that. Yeah. Even in the Pacific Northwest, you know, our weekly car counts are maybe 15 to 20, maybe a good night, 25. But California has really been averaging like 30 to 40 to even some nights 50 in the 360 division. I think our top two in California are going to be Ocean and a lot of people are running Ocean Friday and going to Peeville. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a very popular uh, combo for anybody that is not from the West Coast. Uh, you can run Ocean on Friday, Placerville on Saturday, and a lot of people like to do that on a weekly basis. Even if you're if you're feeling it, you can run Petaluma on Sunday. Yeah, Petaluma is trying to put together some Sunday shows, so that's actually kind of cool. You can yeah. run three nights in a row in, in one state, fairly close together. But Hanford on Saturday, so we left Ocean Friday night. We had a good amount of fans. That was um, really cool to get that interaction from people that were there close to Watsonville. Mm -hmm. But since they weren't allowing spectators, there wasn't a whole lot of people. Yeah, um, maybe compared to some of our normal nights. But then going to Hanford, I was pumped because they were allowing fans. It ended up being pretty packed. Yeah. Uh, we saw people even right when we pulled in. We were one of the first people. We got a parking spot. Peter Murphy, who is now running the joint, yeah. which I think we just got to take a second to talk about Peter Murphy. What a cool guy. I uh, First ever time I probably talked to him was when he came to our trailer, I think yeah. in Tulare, and just chatted with him a little bit. He was talking about the series they're putting together and everything yeah. they're trying to do in the area. And Bennett, since I had talked to them there, Bennett was like, hey, you know, we're trying to get in the infield tonight. Yeah. We want to do some drone stuff and, and trying to do more than even just, you know, an infield shot and photos yeah. like, hey, could we even maybe ask him if we could throw the drone up in the air while they're racing? Yeah. And uh, maybe you want to talk about the interaction, just walking up and talking. He was, he was so cool about yeah, it. Yeah, I went up to Peter and I was like, <clears throat> um, hey, Peter, may I film on the infield? Because that's what I normally do is ask the promoter. He's like, 
how much money you got and i was like uh <laughs> i don't make much on my videos right now uh he's just messing with us and he's like yeah go for it i don't care and then um i was like hey do you also mind if i and i'll talk about this in a second if i fly my drone on the infield he's like uh because it's funny so yeah let me just dive into this real quick drones they're kind of a touchy subject and if you fly too high you're getting into flight regulations and stuff like that so uh hanford happens to be here's right. hanford here's a fence and here's an airport hanford <laughs> municipal so he's like yeah just don't go fly it over the airport and not and peter wasn't concerned if i was going to hit a plane landing or anything he was like just don't fly it over there because they might think you're trying to steal their their stuff. So I was like, I was like, all right. So he didn't care how high it no, went. He or was cool like about that. it. Like he, he was, he was cool. joking about it. Yeah. But um, anyways, yeah, he's like, go for it. And that's super cool. I love it when a promoter's like, go for it. And they just trust you. And uh, I didn't give him a reason not to trust me. And we went out there and flown it. But a quick mention with the drone, I uh, made the investment. We got a drone. You guys have seen on my Instagram, Tanner's channel. And I think now. we talked about it on the last podcast as well. Okay, maybe we have then. Yeah, I uh, flew the drone, and uh, this is the first time I've flown it in the infield during a race, and I didn't do it at Ocean uh, just because I... They were a little bit stricter. Little, yeah, a little bit rules, stricter. They had more rules. But I did fly it on the infield, and when I fly the drone prior to the races, we get super cool shots that are easy, but when you're flying video in race cars, it's pretty difficult, and I need to work on it. I'm not saying my content or the clips I got were great by any means. They were decent. But uh, I just need to get a little more comfortable with it. And I want to get some different angles. And I don't know their thoughts on me, like, flying across the track. Obviously, I'd have to be pretty high up. But uh, um, I don't know. I I liked it. What are your thoughts? Just it's a, just, just kind of Just a cool different. opportunity to get those shots because obviously not a lot of people are, are doing that. Yeah. And that fact that they were just cool with it and, yeah. you know, didn't really question, like, hey, just wear a vest. You know, don't. Don't be dumb yeah. about it, you know, and I think uh, the content really, really came out cool yeah. and a lot of stuff that we're going to put in the hard drive and just save for different pieces as we kind of go throughout the year and when we decide to go back to Hanford. And but, I, well, one thing I was going to say, I just need to work on getting it a little more smooth and then keeping your car center. But a quick story, uh, I've never had this happen before. Right as I went into the infield, um, their water truck was coming by <laughs> watering the, the infield and I put this in my vlog. He put the sprayer on and there's me and another photographer by this light pole and soaked me, absolutely soaked me. Like my <laughs> pants were soaked. And uh, I put it in my vlog. And I was like, well, I'm soaked. And thank goodness it was at Hanford because it was hot that day. And I was like, I actually didn't mind. It cooled me off and it dried up pretty quick because I was sitting in the sun out there. But uh, kind of a funny story there. But no, it was cool to go back on the infield. And then I always love being on the infield for 410 racing. 360 non-wing and midgets like that's that's just some a, of the coolest cars to just watch Just a great night to have USAC there and the king of thunder 410s but uh so we actually got there early uh saturday morning yep. you know we started kind of doing all of our normal stuff whether it's the video and we did maintenance uh we had a little bit more work to do on the car than we thought yep. just because of the previous night's damages with the torque tube so we took care of that and then we had to pull the 360 out and drop the 410 in which we're starting to get much better at motor or engine motor changes uh, you know, it's really not super difficult once you get that process and that routine yep. down. Uh, and, you know, like I said, that's something you have to be fast at because, you know, in a, a non-pressure situation like we had, you know, you, you, you get it all done and you make sure everything is tight. But sometimes we've had that situation where like, hey, change it in between a heat race and an A yeah. and we got to go out there and perform. So uh, we just have a lot of fun doing that. We just take our time, do our maintenance, make sure everything's right. Because when you're racing against that high of a level of competition, you can't have mistakes on right. or off the racetrack. So we got that done. Then we just wanted to take a second to check out the facility. Yeah. Hanford was super nice. The pit area was like kind of like a sandy dirt, which was kind of dusty, but yeah. it wasn't bad. It was smooth. Everyone kind of had their parking spot. It wasn't a hassle to get people in and out. Uh, there was plenty of room for rigs to get in. And then also they had a beautiful grandstand area uh, right along the front straightaway where there was plenty of uh, room for fans to come in and yeah. out. And I didn't get a chance to walk over there, but yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a nice concession area. And uh, man, just Hanford, I was so excited when I first walked up to the racetrack. Unlike Ocean, when I walked up and I was like, man, these bull rings, I don't know. Yeah. I walked up to Hanford and I was like, this place is big. Sigh yeah. of relief wide racetrack pretty banked kind of mm -hmm. flat in certain spots though it's it's flatter than it looks on um on tv on camera, watching yeah. the highlights but man a nice wide racetrack and it really got good uh you know as the night went on yeah touching on when you we're talking about the facility uh, a lot of racetracks are 
somewhat organized in the pit area, but Hanford's super organized, and there's a lot of space. Probably, actually, yeah, it, one of the top tracks. As far as, like, when we came in, this yeah. guy, like, it was reserved parking, but it was, like, good reserved parking. Right. Like, you know, Peter was there to assist anybody that was a newbie like us. Yep. You know, hey, this guy's not going to be there. That fits you right there. Yep. You know, pull right in. You know, they weren't uh, making anybody wait. It was in and out. It was easy to get pit passes. So I definitely, like, commend them hugely for that. Not only that, too, is they had this uh, – they had uh, speed tainers like I've got or uh, seed crates uh, stacked up for this pits where the you pit could, the pit stands. You could go up there and watch – Pretty good viewing platform. And you can see the whole racetrack. Right. And then also they have, uh, it's kind of unique. I don't know. What's your thoughts on uh, killing a car before you roll it back to the trailer? It's very safe. So at Hanford, what they mm -hmm. do, and like for a driver, I could see how it maybe is a little bit annoying, but yeah. I think actually this is a great solution. Yeah. So you pull off the racetrack, you go to the right, and you go by the scales, and there's like a place where you have to stop. So all the yeah. cars pull it out of gear. And they have this huge mound where the all the pit the, the pit vehicles the pit vehicles whether yeah. it's a mule or whether it's a quad or whatever yeah. you got um, you can watch from there and you can see the racetrack it's, it's a good view That's yeah what you can see watch. everything and then um, after the race when your driver pulls in after a heater and a everyone pulls it out of gear stops so then there's no chance of someone getting run over in the yeah. pits and actually I really liked that even though you know you do have to stop and you have to wait for someone to come get you but for the most part everyone cleared out your back at your pit area just about as fast as you would have been yeah I was gonna say I really like that feature that they've got there uh, it's kind of bay area traffic going with the pit or the mule to get you pushed back. But yeah. other than that, I think uh, the facility is super yeah. great. It's a, well. it's a little chaotic, but it's, um, it's super safe. So, you know, definitely a thumbs up to Hanford for uh, adding that. I'm not sure how, how long it's been like that, but that is, um, that's neat. Yeah. And then as far as the racetrack um, and getting out there for the first time, putting the 410 in, running in Arizona, I felt like I was going to be super comfortable. You kind of have to adjust to that acceleration and that extra speed that you're going to have. Yeah. But one thing about Hanford, I couldn't believe it. In a way, it didn't feel faster than Arizona, but for some reason, when I first stepped on the gas, like how it, it kind of has a, a paperclip a feature to it, I yeah. guess. Maybe not necessarily. Paperclip maybe, style. Yeah, maybe that's actually not even the best word, but just how the straightaways are, you really actually can feel the speed and then with the banking, how it's it's not banked like Arizona at all. Yeah. So you go in the corner, and it, it's, it is kind of weird. You have to, like, lift, and you don't have to get the car necessarily turned, but when we went out there for hot laps, it was greasy in certain spots, and then the sun was still pretty bad. So yeah. it just was tough, and then also with eight or nine cars out there. So in my hot lap session, I wasn't that great, and we had a couple things with the car that we needed to change because we just weren't sure how it was going to run after – uh, ocean on Friday. So we made those changes and then they were doing a two heat race format similar to um, New Zealand and what they do, I think over in Australia was the yeah. idea behind it. So no qualifying, you pull a pill. If you start up front in one heat race, you're going to start last in the next, or if you start in the middle in one, you start in the middle in the next. Yeah. And that was uh that was something that was different. It kind of reminded me of like an outlaw cart format. Maybe we run at like Roseburg or a couple of these other tracks. So we yeah. were familiar with it. And I started last in the first heat race, which was good because yeah. I was an absolute weapon in the first heat race. Like, I don't know how it looked uh, from the infield, but trying to get used, to, one, get used to the acceleration still because hot laps wasn't really a fair shot because the tracks just wasn't there. Right. Uh, and even though we had the midgets in the non-wing 360s, it still didn't really come in yet. So the first heat race, it was still fast. Yeah. I had a bunch of tear-offs on and the sun was bad. So that combo for me trying to get back in the swing of the 410 was horrible. I couldn't get my tear-offs pulled off fast enough. Yeah. And then also the sun getting into three, you have to run it really hard. And I just couldn't really figure out where I was at each lap. And I, so I was lifting too early and I was on the brakes at the wrong time. And overall, just kind of a disaster, yeah. but we still went eight to fourth because some people had some misfortunes and we were just in the right spot at the right time. But it, it, it was uh, it's crazy how fast you're going at Hanford when the track's hooked up. Also to mention, I think there was 10 360s that showed up that ran with you guys, right? Yeah, so there was only like 16 to 18 410s, but yeah. then there was extra, there was a bunch of 360s because they were paying more money. There, I think it was like $300 bonus to for the, the highest finisher, finishing yep. 360, 200 for the second, I think 100 for third. So yeah. that, was, that was cool that they did that mm -hmm. to kind of give an incentive for more cars, more sprint cars. And, you know, when the track slickened off, obviously still a 410's better. And when it's hooked up, the 410's exponentially better. Yeah. But in a way, you know, I think a couple of the 360 guys were right outside the top 10. So that was uh, neat for them to have that kind of run. Yeah. But the first heat race, disaster. 
we just we were able to gain some spots. But moving on to the second heat race, I started on the pole with more good guys behind us, and we put down way better laps. I yeah. know you got some drone shots during this heat as well. Or no, maybe you it got- was the first heat. The first heat, you got yep. drone shots. Second one were um, camera. camera shots. Mm-hmm. But I finally kind of got used to running up more on the top side yeah. and figuring out like you know how hard you can run it and actually trusting your car. I think yeah. that's one of the biggest things in racing, whether it's a cart, flat cart, modified, whatever, you know, or a 410 wing sprint car, you yeah. got to trust it and drive in hard and hope that it's going to, you know, do everything that it's supposed to do. And we ended up running second behind Shane Golubic. He got by us on the bottom, but yeah. the heat races were fairly good racing. It still was a fair, uh, a pretty fast racetrack though. Yeah. I have a quick question for you. Um, so running on a track like this where it rolls off, there's no wall. Yeah. Do you like running on a track with a wall, like where the turn goes all the way to the wall or where it rolls off to no wall? I think it's, it's tough. You know, I, I, yeah. I running at a place like Cottage Grove, I really like it because there's so much banking. Yeah. So like Cottage Grove's more banked, so you can actually trust it more where Hanford was flat in a way yeah. uh, or flatter. So like trying to figure that out and just how hard you could drive it. So I tried to talk to people beforehand mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, you know, can you really rip this place wide open when it's hooked up? Or, you know, do you got a lift or kind of where it is? Yeah. So you just have an idea at least in your head. And I actually, you know, I I'll say, I think it, it's cool to run with no wall. If the track has the banking like Hanford did, because yeah. once you figure it out, it's just um, the wall just kind of throws a whole nother element into it because yeah. the dirt buildup's different. So like Hanford, a lot of times as they're knocking down the curb and moving the track up, the curb isn't actually as big because the dirt keeps getting thrown over the yep. edge versus like maybe Tulare or some of these other places with a wall or like Willamette in Oregon, yeah. you know, that dirt just keeps getting piled up and piled up and that develops a bigger cushion. And then the wall also it just adds another fear factor in there, I guess you could say, just like- you A lot know, you safer got, for your car if you yeah, don't have a wall. Yeah, you you know, you can fly off and, you know, just get back on, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would say for like a new guy trying to adjust to the 410, I think having no wall was better because it just was one less thing to, to worry about. Yeah. Uh, but the second heat race went good. We missed the, the little eight car dash by one spot. So we rolled off ninth. And I think the feature, the feature was awesome. It's one of the coolest things it I've watched. It was so much fun. And, you know, starting ninth, you look at the guys that are ahead of you and you know, like this guy's won this and that guy's won that. And you know, just uh, some of the accomplishments and guys you're up against. And then it's like myself fourth race in a four ten, and, and obviously I got a good amount of sprint car experience in a way, but I was like, man, I just a couple laps ago, I couldn't even run this place yeah. halfway decent. And then the second heat we were better. And then you're kind of right into the a uh, against guys that have been running here for years. So yeah. I think for us, it was just about, you know, trying to put together some laps and getting in a rhythm and starting on the inside. It couldn't have went any better. The yeah. first start got called back because there was yellow, but we ended up quickly kind of getting right into the top five and passing cars and making the bottom work. I ran the bottom all the way around. A lot of guys were running the top all the way around and, or, or the, top in three and four and the bottom in one and two because yeah. one and two just got so far around it seemed like yeah and not a lot of people were going off the edge in turn two as well <clears throat> uh one thing i do remember uh before the main was rolling off i was standing by the back of the car and roger was there and i also think it's kent from kpc right oh yeah steve kent yeah steve was telling uh roger like um you know tanner just needs to really really open it up and turn in and when i was listening to that when i always hear information like that i want to watch and see what cars are doing and watch Tanner do it. Well, uh, when he started, he said, you cannot even be a half a lane off or you're just going to burn them off and no, you, you know, you're just not going to go forward on the bottom. And that was one of the truest things I think I've ever heard. Yeah. It was so cool to watch because I would watch you get in. Sometimes you'd get a little too much on the curb or the inside the berm, in, I guess yeah, you could berm. say. Uh, but other times you would literally hook that uh, grip, I guess you could say, get it. And it was just a rocket off. And that's what he said. Open it up and be straight off. And that's what you did. And that was really fast. And then other times I would see you literally, I'm talking a tire width off of the grip. Yeah. And you would just sit there. Like it was like yeah. you would just sit there and everyone's <laughs> it going by feels you. like you're there for an hour. Right. Dude. It's so crazy how that little, like that much is yeah. the difference between the speed. But that was so cool and to watch I, and you I do. I think that's a, val- a valid point. Bring up Steve Kent, KPC. We run KPC chassis. It was awesome to have him there in the pit area. Yeah. He wasn't like at our pit all night or anything, but he would stop by. And he gave me just advice. And him as a driver, he has so many accomplishments throughout oh, yeah. the Northwest California in sprint car racing. And as a driver to hear that from him, and he, the first piece of advice after the first heat race, he was like, all right, when you go in the corner, drive it in harder and don't lift as abruptly. I talked about that. I was getting too far out of the gas. So the car was just upset, just really upset. 
So we fixed that for the second heat race, but I still need to drive the car maybe a little bit harder. Yeah. And you talked about, all right, for the A main event, look much better on the top. But if you're going to run the bottom, because I think I ran the bottom one time and I wasn't that great. Yeah. He said, like you mentioned, open it up and it's more important to catch the bottom on exit than yep. it is on entry. Right. So you got to watch out because as the track gets slicker, you do have to slow down. Like the pace for Hanford around the bottom and the pace around the top is way different. Oh, it's yeah. it's insane. Like if you watch um, DJ Neto who won, who was just ripping it in three and four versus like I, not a lot of guys were really working the bottom, but like watch myself in three and four. I am just putting, putting on the brakes, yeah. trying to catch the grip. And in the A, we really made it work. Rolled the bottom nice. At one point, we were almost, we were battling we were up for to third. third. We were up to third for, for like a, a lap. straightaway or two. No, a lap. Yeah, and I was <laughs> so mad at this. And I told Carly, I was getting so hyped because me and Carly were standing on top of the meal. I was like, Carly, we're up to third. We're, we're ripping. A car comes off of two and they're rolling. And I don't think you may have seen this. Uh, they come off two and I'm like, okay, let's get the lap in. Half the field gets past the line. If we drop the caution now, we are third. We're not reverting back yeah. and forth. And then, of course, we go full freaking another lap. Bud yeah. gets you on the top, I believe. Yeah, I think I missed it in one and two. Yeah, Bud gets you on the top, and then they drop the f the caution as half, half or more of the field passes the line, and we revert back to fourth. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I was like, if we could restart just in third, we <laughs> might be contending yeah. for a win here or finishing at a podium. But yeah. uh, we did get one lap in third. Yeah, so at one point, we were up to third, like Bennett mentioned. And then from there, uh, you know, that, that restart hurt us a little bit because I didn't fire off as good as I needed to. I yeah. just missed one and two a little bit and Dominic Selzy got by and then Tony Gualda got by. So I was back to sixth yeah. and then I got back into fifth, which is where we ended up finishing. But one thing to note there, man, those green flag runs for myself, I think as a driver, that's where I feel like I excel. You were way better on a yeah, long run. The longer run, the bottom was good because if you could consistently hit it, I feel like even though it's so hard to hit the bottom at the pace, once you get used to it, I felt like I was kind of clicking off some really fast laps yeah. versus the top. When you're going balls to the wall, it's easy to make mistakes, get tight, push over the yeah. curb. And I started to make ground on people and lap traffic. So uh, it would have been interesting to see how that race would have played out for myself if we would have went green to checkered from lap one to 30. That's what I was going to say. If we hadn't have got that caution, Selzy caught up to you. And then you but started we were, to walk we away. Were, but we were also catching Bud and you Trey were, Starks right. for second and third. You were catching those two, and then Selzy caught you, but then you started to walk away from him, and then that caution came out, and then I was pumped. That's your first top five, 410 finish. It's the coolest thing in the world. Like, you know, you can watch a, a car start on the pole and win. That's pretty cool, but there's nothing cooler than watching your driver, your car come from the back, just flying past people and getting up in contention for a win. So it was super fun to watch. And I can 100% agree with that. My emotions just on the race, one, you kind of take a second and it's not like we won. We didn't even run on the podium, but top five, you look at the guys that were behind you, look at the guys that were in front of you and you think we, we competed. We yeah. legit complete, competed with these guys. We gave some of them a run for their money. They had to really work to pass us. And I think that's a, that's a proud moment for our program as we're so early in the 410 thing and just trying to gain as much experience as possible and just so thankful that we had the chance to, you know, run Ocean, run Hanford, and um, run with the, the Cali click, the Cali guys. Yeah. And uh, we look forward to being back down there. I think our next trip to California is for the Peter Murphy Classic. Hanford maybe is on Friday and then Tulare's on Saturday or one of the two. Yeah. And uh, we're not 100% sure what we're going to run yet, whether I think you can run the 360 and the 410 or we run both or one. But uh, all that information uh, will be out soon. So final thoughts on Hanford. Phenomenal track. Peter Murphy did a great job. The night went smoothly. Pretty cool format. And, um, you know, the racing surface we had was, I would say, pretty much a 10 out of 10 for the most part. And uh, we look forward to uh, heading back there. Yeah, so I, that's I kind of our uh, our weekend in, in California between Ocean and Hanford. Two unique racetracks. Two uh, awesome chances to see fans. I think that's actually one thing I forgot to say. Oh, Hanford. Yeah. You guys, you guys would not believe how many fans we had in our pit. Thank you to everyone that stopped by. Just to say hi, get a hero card. If you purchase merchandise, that uh, really helps us you know, go up and down the road. We probably spent close to 45 minutes just signing autographs, mm -hmm. you know, taking pictures, and talking to people and hearing your guys' story. That's like legit one of my favorite parts about what we do. Oh, 100% agree. And that's <laughs> when it's cool. You know it's cool when people are coming up and saying hi to me, yeah. uh, for one. But... <laughs> Uh, it's cool to meet everyone there. And it's kind of like you see people that comment on your social media and stuff. Yeah. And then, then you start putting a face to the, what people say. Oh, 100%. And it's so cool to do and cool to see as well. Yeah, I think that's uh, something like lately, you guys obviously message us on any of our social media accounts. You comment on YouTube, but even with like our text phone, if you don't know what our text phone is, uh, the Tanner Holmes text line, 
which I'm trying to do different things on it now, but it's pretty much like a lot of you guys signed up. All you have to do is text our number 541-930-1822 and you can get notifications on like new videos. We do merchandise deals, like if we're having a sale or any places that we're going to be or, you know, things that if you just want to know and you really want to be kept up on what we're doing. And so I have a lot of people in that. We have like 900 contacts and it's funny. You said, you know, I'm even starting to match people's like numbers and their contacts to people's faces because they said, Hey, I texted you here and I can go and find that easily. And so that's, uh, that's so much fun. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, a great chance to meet people. And it, it really made it feel like life was back to normal, to normal, right? Normal. And, um, we're looking forward to hopefully more of that throughout 2021 as we travel to new places. So that was our uh, weekend in California. We're looking forward to heading back, heading back there. I think it's now time to uh, talk about what's next for yeah. us this upcoming weekend. Do you want to start with your plans? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> this could be the big weekend. I'm not, I'm holding my breath a little bit. Uh, we ordered brand new gauges and a brand new dash panel. Uh, for the dwarf car and our driveline should be done by this week and then after that we put it in the car wire it up and we're racing Wairika this weekend so this will be my first race in the dwarf car uh, we wanted to hit that test session I know we talked about uh, it didn't end up happening just due to parts we didn't have but now we should have everything and uh, we should be racing Wairika I don't know what to expect honestly I'm just gonna go out there and have fun I don't want to look like a slap, but at the same time, it's my first time. Yeah, it's your first time. I mean, I remember, you know, my first time in, in different things, whether it was moving up through outlaw cart classes or your first time in a sprint car. Like, it's just, it's really hard to adjust to new vehicles. And, and I think the, the biggest mountain to climb is just, you know, how the car drives, where you're, where you're, or how, how hard to drive the car, yeah. you know, where your lifting points are and how the racetrack's going to run. Because he said Wairika, also known as the uh, Siskiyou Golden Speedway yep. now is its name. And I think there's going to be a pretty good turnout. They also have limited sprints and yep. a couple other classes on tap. So uh, is it, do you know if it's being broadcasted by anyone? I don't know if it's going to be broadcasted. All I know is I'll do a video on it and I just don't want to wear it out. That's, yeah. That's all I care Keep about. Keep the car in one piece. That That's definitely a great goal. Uh, up next for our race team, I don't think I'm going to be racing this weekend. It's looking like, but Carly's going to be running her first limited race of 2021, the second of her career. And I, I can't wait to watch her. I mean, she was pretty good in that first start in October last season. That obviously was huge here on the YouTube channel because uh, so many of you guys tuned in, you know, saw the preparation of her getting fitted, getting the car together to her first test session, to her first race, to cleaning the car and getting ready for this year. And you've also seen the process of us building her car this off season after we had to, you know, make some changes to it, but that's going to be a pretty, pretty exciting up at cottage Grove. I think that's their second or third race yeah. this season. And uh, that's a, that's a great place to learn at just because it's wide, it's got banking, you can run the car hard. And for the, for the most part, it's pretty smooth. Yeah. Um, good luck to you guys. <laughs> and I'm hoping to hear updates throughout the night. Yes, we, I will keep you updated. I know it sucks that we can't, I, I wanted to be at Bennett's first dwarf car race. Then we have Carly's first race of the season. So we're kind of torn in different, uh, different spots. So we're going to be heading north. Stay tuned for the vlog. It's going to, you guys know, Carly's a character. So I, I think it's going to be great that now I'm going to have the opportunity. I literally go there and obviously I'm there to support her, but I, I get to make the whole vlog and not have to worry about racing. So there's yeah. so many things I'm going to be able to do. And as a content creator, that's uh, something I'm really, really going to enjoy. But it's about time to wrap up this episode. We are going to end it with the fan question, Bennett. Yeah. So Tyler asks, um, What's our favorite part about being content creators? And I'll let you start out with this one. Yeah, so being a content creator, first off, this is like my dream job. And like, if any of you guys are wondering, you know, we love to talk about different topics and even like personal things here on the, the podcast. But like, for any of you guys that don't know, I finished high school and like now this is kind of it for now at least. And trying to make the the YouTube and the social media and the marketing it, it, with the racing, I mean, this this is it. This is like what I'm putting literally all my time into uh, you know, during the week that this is, this is what I do. So it's a uh, one, it's awesome. Cause right now, you know, the freedom of it, you know, you're not like maybe going to a job yep. and you don't have that to, to worry about. But I think also just the chance to be creative. Like, yeah. you know, I, if there's a video idea or something like we can easily be like, Hey, let's go try this. Or, you know, the podcast, for example, like, Hey, yeah. let's start a podcast. Let's go for it. And I think that's just also like the day and age that we, we live in, yeah. you know, there's so much opportunity, whatever you want to do, you can tie it in to, um, you know, social media, whether that's, you know, YouTube or TikTok's blowing up. There's so many people yeah. that are using that as leverage to grow a following and have an audience. And I think, uh, you know, for me also another, another thing I really enjoy, I mentioned earlier was just the chance to also meet that audience. And I yeah. think racing is 
is unique in that way. You know, maybe if you just have a regular YouTube channel and you vlog, you know, the way for you to meet your fans is like a meetup. Yeah. But racing, every time we're at the track, it's a meetup. Yeah. You know, you can walk up, we have our merchandise, there's us, you can talk to us. If you catch us at a good time, we can have a full-on conversation. Yeah. Or, um, you know, you me message us on social media, like I said, through the text phone, through Instagram, Facebook, whatever. So just uh, the chance to interact with you and have you guys get to follow along with our journey, it's, uh, it's pretty special. Yeah, I think uh, if I do remember, like, so if I'm going to say what's my favorite part about it, I remember I was in like eighth grade or whatever, and me and my friends would always go home after school and get on video games and play like Call of Duty or something. And I really wanted to start a YouTube channel playing video games because we would always watch like the big content creators back then, like Vanoss or something. I don't know. Do you know? Yeah, who? I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. So we would always watch those, and I was like, man, I want to do that. I want to make those videos. And then I uh, went to high school kind of got out of video games, played sports a lot. And I just kind of left the whole social media thing aside. And then you were flying with your career and you're still doing it great now. And then Tanner's really influenced me to kind of get back into it. And I think uh, one of the coolest things about it is my favorite thing that I think I've found about it is not necessarily being the most famous person, but really just making content that we both enjoy. Yeah that we can put out there that other people enjoy. Yeah. Like I, it, it's pretty cool to see so many people comment on my stuff. Like, man, that's a cool video. Cause like it, it's like for us, if we, if you like it, then I'm satisfied. And yeah. I think that's the coolest thing is like working with someone with a mindset like you. Yeah, similar mindsets. Like right. we're like, it's the exact same, like finding that. Cause you know, when you're trying to grow something or yeah. do something like you have to be with people that, that are want to do it, yeah, want to do it and have, you know, because like, for example, if you guys are watching this podcast and you want to do something like you need to find people and friends right. that like have that similar mindset. Cause if you're hanging out with people that just want to sit on the couch all day yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that and maybe go to work four times a week, like that's fine. But, you know, I think that's one thing that works so much about this is like, you know, like you said, we both are in the same spot. Yeah. Not only that too is we, I've thought of ton of ideas and I'll tell you what, if Tanner wasn't here to tell me like, yeah, that's not going to work, then <laughs> I would have done them. But the cool thing about it is we just think of so many ideas that we're both like, it's, I don't know me. We, we think alike so much. We're like, you know what? This video is going to be awesome. This idea is great. And then we're just like, you know, this video is, or this idea is not going to be good. So yeah. I think that's just the coolest part is, uh, just finding something we really are passionate about and, uh, just, making stuff for everyone to enjoy really yeah no 100 percent, and that's uh that's the opportunity that so many of us have with social media so i would encourage you if if you like what we're doing or anybody else i mean there's yeah. so many uh, i guess you could say content creators influencers yeah. whatever you know follow your dreams and don't let uh don't let anybody tell you yeah you know if people are telling you not to do it like you need to like They're jealous a, yeah, you need you need to like eliminate that or somehow get rid of that um because you know positive energy is you know what what helps uh feel feel the fire I guess you could say. So yeah. that's a great way to end today's episode, episode number 13. We always love doing the ones just by ourselves because there's so much that happens at yeah. the races that don't make it in our 10 or 15 minute vlog. So if you guys want to, you can tune in every single Wednesday right here on the Off the Track YouTube channel. Make sure to share this podcast. That's a great way to get it out. Send the link to your buddy, share it on social media, or you can listen right on Spotify or Apple Podcast if you just want to check out the audio version. Anyway, we are going to sign off. Stay tuned for our busy weekend and all the content coming your way and uh, man this podcast has been a lot of fun yeah. so we'll see you guys all in episode number 14 uh, next wednesday ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages you are watching off the track and it is time to drop the hammer